You're listening to the Architecture Happy Hour. I'm Laura. And I'm Holly. And it's a two-drink minimum, so grab your glass and let's get started. Well, welcome back to the podcast, everyone. We're excited to be recording again. Hey, Holly, how are you? Oh, I'm just great. I'm waiting on my first grandchild to appear in the world. Ah, it's so exciting. Supposed to be here any day now, so just can't wait. It's going to be a lot of fun. I know we're excited, but your son and daughter-in-law are waiting, just holding their breath, right? They don't know what they're in for. (laughs) No, and they don't know what they're having either. No, they don't. So the element of surprise is so rare nowadays. I know. Everybody usually knows what what they're in for, but... They haven't a clue. Well, and they're not posting on Instagram enough at all because I'm stalking them daily and they're not giving me any additional information. No, they're not giving anybody (laughs) any additional information. I figure I'll finally get a a text saying, hey, guess what? We're at the hospital. We're at the hospital. (laughs) Or, hey, guess what? We just had a baby. Oh, gosh. I don't know how much head of time warning they're going to give me, but we'll find out. (laughs) Well, hopefully on the next podcast, then we'll hopefully have an update and we'll know if it's a a boy or a girl and all those good details. Yeah. So exciting. So. Well, so speaking of adding one to the family, we have had, I don't know if it's a new phenomenon or if we've just sort of, I don't know, paid attention to it lately, but we have had more clients lately who have been single gentlemen, bachelors, who actually have come to us with a specific request to help them make their home more family-friendly, should we say. Yes, it's more like trying to feather a nest to either accommodate a significant other or attract a significant other. Well, and I think there are, I'm sure you can Google it and find something on the internet about if you want to manifest a change in your life, you have to welcome it in and prepare for it. And that will make it happen. The idea of creating a family-friendly home might encourage the right special someone to then come into your life to make that happen. Or it might convince that special someone to take the next step with you. There we go. So we thought it was actually pretty interesting to go through the thought process of how do you turn a bachelor pad into a family home? Because there are some very specific changes that we have been guiding our clients through and that we would recommend if if you happen to find yourself in that situation. So we thought we'd share that with you today on the podcast. For reference, if you all are following along on our website, our show notes will be located at hpdarch.com forward slash AHH82, because this is episode 82. So we will post links and photos and fun things that come out of this podcast there. So please make sure you check that out. All right, let's get started. Well, the first thing that you got to do is look around you and figure out what have I got here that screams bachelor? Usually that includes all the stuff that's left over from your dorm room when you were in college and posters and cars and pictures of girls. And <laughs> <laughs> if you're straight out of college, you may still have that. If not, you know, we don't know what stage you're at during this process. But but then there's the decor, like still having cinder block shelves. You might still even have some high school memorabilia. 
And then you get into, well, I've got my workout machine in the middle of my living room. So there are just some real indicators about, yeah, there's a single guy that lives here. The biggest shift that we are having to talk our clients through is you need to change your mindset from me all the time, the single person who's living there, to we. Because you're about to welcome at least one new person into that home. And maybe it's a whole family of, of you know, if you're planning to have kids or if, if your significant other comes with kids, it could be all of a sudden you've got a ready-made family. So you got to shift from just thinking about what is fun for you to what would be comfortable for more people. If you walk in and your home looks like a sports bar, let's tone that down. <laughs> so if you've got, uh, you know, the neon beer signs on the wall, those more sports jerseys. Right. If you've got stuff that um, are very collectible, we're not saying you have to throw all this away. It's maybe more appropriate for like, say, a man cave or, you know, a rec room or a living room that's not the centerpiece of the home. So anything like shot glass collections or you know, I remember going through college and the guys that we were in design studio with, they like to line up any kind of bottle of something they drank. <laughs> so whether it was the Mountain Dew bottle collection because they had pulled all-nighters. Or empty booze bottles. Or booze bottles from the party over the weekend. Any of that kind of stuff is just not really appropriate for, you know, having little kids running around. I've even seen stacks of com- commemorative plastic cups Oh yeah, you know, like, that have... Longhorns or Aggies or Dallas Cowboys on the side of <laughs> Yeah, it took us a while. We had went through a couple moves before we finally ditched all of those. Because they do come in handy for oh, certain yeah. things. But yeah. if, if your entire cabinet is full of them and they're overflowing onto the countertop, then, yeah, you probably should thin those out. It's time to edit. <laughs> That's right. And then the other category that we so lovingly would like you to consider is that if your home looks like your mom's basement, then we might need to make some changes. I know that I've got boys at my house, including my husband, who love to play Xbox. Much to my chagrin, they often will set up camp in the family room with the Xbox, and I don't have a place to sit. So if you've got a major gaming setup that dominates the entire room, we might need to look at maybe if you can't relocate it, let's just tone it down and maybe come up with some creative storage so that it's not the first thing you notice. The other thing would be, and I know my husband loves Star Wars and Star Trek and all sorts of TV shows and movies. He doesn't necessarily collect things except maybe the Legos that have to go with those shows and topics. But if you've got, you know, movie or TV collectibles all over the house, those can be very valuable. They're a lot of fun. I mean, there's, you know, you talk about Comic-Con and things like people love to collect things like that. But it maybe is not the most appropriate thing for your entire family room. Yeah, my son has been storing all sorts of his stuff up in my attic. When we recently were doing a purge and he was bringing everything out of the attic, he said, well, Mom, where are all my old Star Wars and ninja figures? And I said, well, I had a garage sale and sold all that stuff. And he just went, Mom, you got (laughs) that stuff is worth something. It really is. But I did keep all of his baseball cards, so he didn't kill me twice. He just killed me once. (laughs) (laughs) 
That's a big deal. I know. Yeah. So we're not by any means. Please don't send us any, you know, bad emails. But those are things that have a certain place that where you can enjoy them. But if we're trying to turn it into a family home, then let's think about the big picture. And the big picture includes putting in decorative items that sort of tone the bachelor pad down. And Laura's the interiors expert on that sort of thing. What we like to do as far as the way we talk to our clients about this is we're not trying to force a style onto your home. We don't want this to look like a model home that doesn't represent you at all. We want this to feel like you, be comfortable for you, and be a place that when you walk in, you feel really proud and happy and so excited to invite people over and entertain friends. So what we want to figure out is what is your style. So for example, if you kind of like a rustic style that you might want to have rough textured baskets or crates, things with a lot of kind of personality and texture. For example, you might have some raw wood or metal lamps. Your tables are probably a stained wood or maybe some iron. You'll probably have some leather furniture, maybe some artwork with some interesting, uh, you know, maybe it's like landscapes or, of course, here in Texas, we have a lot of cow art. Is that what you call it? (laughs) I don't even know. But, you know, sort of the cowboy Western decor. It's all very appropriate if you're having sort of that Western feel. You know, anything like thick hand-blown glass, some really beautiful jars or big vases can be very sculptural and interesting to look at, but there's still kind of that basic handmade essence of what you would expect to see in a rustic interior. Another style that, of course, is very close to Holly's heart is contemporary. Yeah, contemporary has lots of chrome and glass. Uh, for instance, my living room, I've got several different styles of chrome and glass tables. Having a really neat rug that has a lot of texture to it in the middle of the living room. And then do a neutral sofa, maybe in a charcoal gray or a grayish, you know, sort of a beigey kind of color that's got some texture to the fabric. And then some large unframed art that's just on a big stretched canvas that adds a lot of color to the space. I love the lamps these days that look like they're on old surveyors stands, the tripods, the wood tripods, because they're they're classic and yet they're very contemporary because they've got really clean lines. You can find all sorts of wonderful uh, dishes. Uh, well, not really dishes, more like bowls that are decorative bowls. Maybe even some hand-thrown pottery, you know, so that you're mixing in some of the rough texture in with contemporary. Because just having all of the hard stuff, the chrome and the glass, really gets so that it feels sterile. And so you've got to put in some texture and some color to really balance that out. And you can very often marry the contemporary with the rustic and Mm -hmm. get that nice mix. Yeah, it's really fun to put, when we think of contemporary, it's very much machine-made or can be. And then if you pair that with something very clearly handmade, that's a really nice contrast between the two and makes for a really interesting 
interior. Uh-huh. The thing to remember, though, is that this is not a museum. This is not a show house that nobody's going to live in. So make it comfortable. If you are concerned about little kids running around and knocking things over, then don't bring in the breakable stuff yet. Wait till they've grown up just a little bit. And or- you've got to leave room for them to build Legos. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And run their Hot Wheels across the coffee table. I will vouch for that one. Yes. Um, And then one of my favorite styles is just a casual transitional style. Now, I like to say, what do you like to wear? What is your personal style? Like, go to your closet and see what kind of fabrics do you like to wear? Do you love really finely finished suits or do you like more just your comfy pair of jeans and a, you know, a loose shirt? So look at what you like to wear and then reflect that in the finishes that you pick for your for your new interior. So you can, if you like to wear jeans, look for, uh, you can get denim uh, upholstery for chairs or for a couch, you know, look for that kind of um, And by denim, denim doesn't have to be blue. Denim comes in all different kinds of colors. It's just that sort of rough feel of the fabric. That woven, yeah, yeah, thick fabric. Um, Things like leather are very casual, very comfortable. Even think about, like, if you like a big, thick cable knit sweater, there's beautiful throw blankets that are done in kind of sweater textures that are yeah, just bulky so... bulky knits. Yeah, about those knits that are so beautiful and, and comfy to, to um, wrap up in. And then think about if you really love to travel, next time you're traveling to a really interesting place, instead of looking for, you know, the shot glass <laughs> from that location... Go to a local art gallery or to a little place, the handmade market, and find something really unique that reminds you of that place. And then that way you start building those accessories in your space that really share what you love. They show where you've been and they all come with a story. So that's a lot of fun. So next, let's talk a little bit about specifically furniture. We mentioned a few things um, in just as you're identifying your style. But one of the things that you have to think about is you're not just creating seating for you. Like you can't just have the recliner centered on the TV anymore. (laughs) We have to create opportunities for more seating. So I'm going to date myself, but one of the the TV shows that we love to watch, even in reruns, was Friends. And so if you've got Joey and Chandler's two Barca loungers set up in (laughs) in your living room, it's time to, you know, maybe think about changing that. Uh, if you still have your futons or papasan chairs, you know, from your college dorm room or, or college apartment, um, those are still great for a game room, but let's not let that be your only seating <laughs> in your family room. And then, you know, you need a table that's suitable for drinks if you're going to have people over and entertaining or if you've got uh, maybe you like to kind of camp out on your couch and, and eat food and watch sports. That's great, but let's just have appropriate furniture to handle that so you don't end up with it on the floor. The idea of buying your first set of real grown-up furniture might be a little intimidating, especially if you're straight out of college. You may or may not know where you're going to be living if you're getting your first job or, or you know, you feel like you're sort of established in your career, but you may end up be moving it may be a little intimidating to, to buy furniture that feels like it's going to weigh you down and be difficult to move. So keep that in mind. If you feel like your lifestyle is not quite ready for major furniture purchases, then that's okay. 
we don't want you to feel like you have to fill an entire house with furniture just in order for it to be family friendly. But the pieces that you do buy, make sure that you get some quality pieces that will last you for a while. Yes. That won't just fall apart. So one of the areas that can be dramatically changed from a bachelor pad to a family home is, of course, the bedroom. A lot of times, I don't know if we've seen it lately, but occasionally we'll run into beds with no headboards. You know, it's mm-hmm. that's kind of your first step coming out of an apartment is you've got the mattress, you've got the metal frame that came from the mattress store, but buying a bed is a separate purchase. And so the actual headboard with side rails and maybe even a footboard, that changes the whole look of a bedroom. Yeah, it does. Makes it really beautiful and grown up and, and you can build an entire room around that piece of furniture. So keep that in mind if you don't have one yet, if you feel like you can't quite put your finger on why your room doesn't feel grown up yet, that's a big piece. So think about that if you don't already have one. Um, And then coordinated bedding, uh, meaning the comforter or bedspread, and then the pillows that go on the bed. This might all sound really kind of silly and something you'd want to leave to your mom to do, but it makes a huge impression. I would just, let me just say, if you've got a, a girlfriend coming over and she sees, you know, your fleece cowboy's blanket versus like a beautiful <laughs> set from Pottery Barn, um, she will be impressed. So, uh, you know, if your sheets match, if your towels match, um, you will earn major brownie points for having grown up style and and knowing that she will appreciate that you went to some effort to make her feel comfortable. Um, another thing that is something that you have to think about is the closet. Because if you can embrace the idea of having an organized closet, hanging up your clothes, and even to the point if you've got somebody who's moving in with you, make room for her stuff. Make her feel welcome that she's got plenty of room to store her things. That'll get you a lot of brownie points as well. And you would be amazed at all the baggage that young ladies come with. (laughs) She'll need more than just toothbrush space and a shelf. (laughs) (laughs) By far, yes. In fact, we've had clients who have come to us to say, well, my girlfriend won't move in until I remodel and have a, a appropriate closet for all of her things. I mean, it's actually to that point where <laughs> yes, yes, our client could not move forward with his life until he made room, actual physical room for his special someone. So if you get to the point where you feel like you need to actually remodel instead of just redecorate, uh, there are lots of different things that you can consider. Probably the biggest one is in the master bath, being able to possibly have two sinks so that you can both be brushing teeth at the same time and that you aren't saying, well, hurry up and get done so that I can get in there. And another thing that's really great as far as women are concerned is having a private toilet room inside the master bath. So you've actually got a door on the toilet room, but it's a, it's a big deal. Yeah, it's not just a luxury that you find in really big, fancy houses. We have a client who didn't quite understand the point of that. He said, well, I don't want to be in a a tunnel and feeling claustrophobic in this small space. I don't need a door. And I tried to explain to him, it's not for you. (laughs) Trust me. (laughs) Trust me. You want this. 
uh, because she wants this. And so uh, he finally came around and was like, okay, I guess you were right. (laughs) Yeah, I can remember when I was a single mom and I had this little boy running around my house. And for a while, he was very clingy. I would just want to have a little bit of private space. So I'd go in my bathroom and close the door. And he'd stand outside that door and just, Mom, 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 Mom. Leave me alone. I'll be out in a Mom, Mom. Yeah, that's pretty universal. That happens at my house, too. Just, just to have a little bit of private space. So that means you've got to have... Locks on the bedroom doors and locks on the bath doors and uh, so that you can have some privacy. Another item on the privacy list is a dedicated office space. So a lot of times we end up using a spare bedroom or something like that, but that's difficult if you end up with in-laws coming to visit or other family members. Um, And, you know, you may, if you've been living by yourself, you may just kind of camp out on the kitchen table and spread out your laptop and all your office papers, you know, that sort of thing. But the idea of having some privacy and having a a dedicated space for that home office, that can be a really good thing to consider if you're remodeling. Go ahead and make a place for a dedicated office. And really, that becomes adult-only space. It's not a family room. It's not the homework space. It's a place for you to have time out from kids, from your spouse, from your significant other. It's sort of just private space where you can go and you know, read or be on your computer or do whatever. Yeah, I so wish I had that space because I think I've talked about on the podcast before that we converted our formal dining room into what I like to call our family creative studio, which to me meant the toy room, you know, when we had, when our kids were really little. And so it was a place right off the kitchen and right off the family room where we had all the kids toys so they could play, but they weren't underfoot right in the kitchen. But then I also had a desk there where I could do my work. And then the kids had a desk right on the other side of mine so that they could do their work, their coloring and playing and things. And so now it's evolved to It is my home office because I have no other place to do it. So I'm surrounded by toys and there is not a day that goes by that I don't have at least one Hot Wheel and Nerf darts on my desk. (laughs) And it's really hard to to conduct a business conference call when I'm trying to move Nerf darts out of my way. That is a little distracting. So if you have the opportunity to make a dedicated office space, I highly recommend it because I sure would like one right now. Okay, so moving on to TVs, family time, and entertainment. If you are thinking about transitioning to a family home, there needs to be opportunities for the family members to come together and, even better, to get away from each other. So we oftentimes, when we're renovating a home for a family, we try to create those spaces. So we have a nice big family room for everyone to come together for sports, you know, if you're going to watch the football game or, you know, movie night, those sorts of things. But then we also, if we've got the space, we will also try to create, like, for example, a playroom or a game room for the kids, maybe near close to their bedrooms. A lot of times that helps keep the peace. Like right now, I know when it's Xbox time, you know, with my my son and my husband, I have to go back to the bedroom because there's no place for me to hang out or watch TV or whatever. 
So if we had a couple different spaces, that would be a lot better. Yeah, the other important space is the kitchen. I know that I, as a single person living in my home, a lot of times I will cook in the kitchen and then just sit at the breakfast bar because I'm by myself with the dogs, of course. (laughs) Of course. But I make myself frequently go into the dining room and use the dining room as a real space. But as a family, even though you may catch breakfast on the run as you're heading out the door in the morning, it's always nice to have a place to eat as a family. And so having a dining space is really great so that you're not standing over the kitchen sink while you eat. Yeah, one thing we've experienced as we've had, we've gone from moving into our home where it was just my husband and I, to then having infants and small children and toddlers, to now having elementary school kids, we've seen the transition of how we have lived around our breakfast table because it was just the two of us and we had plenty of room. Then as we had to add a high chair, that created an obstacle. And so we had to sort of shift where the table sat and how that high chair fit in. So you have to kind of think through what are the stages. And then later on, as my older son starts, you know, having friends over, we want, we probably would enjoy having a slightly larger table, but we don't. So we just kind of make do. But those are all different kind of life stages that you have to think about if this house is going to grow with you. You know, even things like, um, you know, if you're sort of got the bachelor pad going on, you might only have high bar stools around a bar. And you can't really put a two-year-old on a high bar stool. Yeah, and, and also there are lots of these high tables that yeah. really have bar stools around the tables. It's true, yeah. And it's sort of like being in a restaurant at a, you know, at a bar type table. And so you may have to trade that in and get something that is closer to the ground and a regular size table that's probably around 30 inches high instead of the really high ones uh, because those are much more family friendly, especially when you've got kids. Yeah, and if you've never gone shopping for a breakfast table or family dining table, you know, I grew up with a table at home. Parents had one that had several leaves that you could pull the table apart and put the leaves in or take them out, which made it expand from being a four-person table to a 10-person table. Yeah. So it was very versatile. And if you've got the room to do that, that's a fantastic solution to be able to expand or contract depending on how you need it. So you all are probably very familiar with the idea of open concept, but we are still on a regular basis getting requests for, can we take out this wall or can we open up the kitchen to the family room? And so that still is very much a a very common request. And the idea is that if you're in the kitchen preparing a meal and you've got little kids in the family room, you want to be able to keep an eye on them. And so we, um, we make that change quite often. Well, it's not only school. that. It's if you're going to add just one more person to your home, then it's great to be able to have one person cooking and the other person possibly in the family room and still be able to carry on a conversation without both people having to be in the kitchen. And so having that open concept sort of opens up the lines of communication. Right. Well, and we just recently met with a new client who she's a stay-at-home mom and she's got four very busy kids. 
And so one of the major concerns that we wanted to make sure we addressed was how does she get in and out of the house with groceries? You know, I mean, you got to think about everyday tasks and the idea that she didn't necessarily want to park in the garage every single time because on any given day, they could have that garage filled with something kid activity wise. So she wanted to maybe just have a covered parking spot near the kitchen that would allow her to park covered if it was raining and then get into the kitchen easily. You don't want to have to drag groceries halfway across the kitchen or halfway across the house. So little things like that, think through your day and think through the activities that you're going to be doing over and over and over. Um, That can make all the difference in how comfortable your home is to live in. If in your bachelor days, you essentially had a refrigerator that had beer and orange juice in it and nothing else, (laughs) and you're kind of a takeout person, well, tonight's Thursday, so it must be Chinese, and tomorrow night's going to be burgers. Right. So you don't really cook. Could be your significant other doesn't cook, and that lifestyle fits perfectly. But on the other hand, it may be somebody that cooks, or you may be planning on starting a family. So you will be cooking more at home. And so you have to have a kitchen that actually you can cook in. Because believe it or not, there are some kitchens that make it very difficult to cook because things aren't laid out right. There isn't enough storage. There isn't a place to put um, all the dishes you need. There isn't a place for pots and pans. My, my issue is countertop space. Yeah. I do not have enough countertop, and it gets very tricky. And not enough pantry space. Yeah, well, and I don't know if it's pretty universal all over the country, but especially down here, everybody that's got more than one kid has a membership to Costco or Sam's Club, which are the, <laughs> the big box warehouse type stores. Where and you they, buy stuff in bulk. Yes, everything's bought in bulk. And so everybody's got a separate freezer. Some people have a separate refrigerator, you know, either in their laundry room or in the garage. So you kind of have to plan for that. And you've got to plan for a bigger pantry or a secondary storage something, a shelf system where you can put those 85 rolls of toilet paper and the, <laughs> you know, the the... 200 pounds of beef that you're going to freeze for the next year and a half you know you got to plan for big family cooking if that's going to you know if that's your lifestyle or just continue to go out (laughs) (laughs) or all you need is one drawer for the menus and then you're good yeah another one for all of the the utensils with wrapped in napkins that you bring home wrapped in plastic that's right so you know whatever your lifestyle is there's a kitchen for you. So we have quite a few clients who love to have a home gym or love to practice sports, you know, whatever it happens to be, there is equipment involved. And so if you are already that person or you anticipate having kids that are going to play sports, it's always helpful to think ahead and plan for that. And I know we've got a closet full of shoes. There are always soccer shoes everywhere. There's the soccer balls and just have to kind of know that that comes with the territory of having a family. Sometimes if, I mean, if you have the opportunity to renovate, planning for a separate room for the workout equipment or planning for a mud room for the kids stuff as they come in the door from school, just planning ahead for space for that kind of equipment makes a big difference. And it's not just the guy's equipment. There may be yoga mats. Of course, that could be for you. 
place for a TV uh, so that you don't get bored while you're running on the treadmill or cycling. Now, there's all sorts of different types of equipment. You just have to figure out what it is you need and how much space it's going to take. Yeah, and simple things that you probably wouldn't think about, but having really nice lighting and maybe a ceiling fan to keep the air moving. The last thing that you want is for this place to smell like a gym locker. (laughs) because that's just not pleasant we just nobody likes that so think about things about what can make that space even nicer and then that way you're actually going to use it more it works out for everybody yeah all right so our last category is is your home kid ready if you're truly going from a bachelor pad to a family-friendly home what do the bathrooms look like so for example we've had certain clients that will say well i don't know if i need that bathtub because the people who are going to stay here would rather have a shower. Everybody takes showers. Right, everybody takes showers. But the thing that we have to remind them of is you always have to have a bathtub somewhere in the house because until a little kid is at least three, four years old, they're taking a bath. And then they're, you know, all through our lives, some people love to take baths. So, um, And if you have a dog, sometimes it's helpful to have a tub too. Yeah, exactly. So it's always good to have at least one bathtub in the house. So we highly recommend that. Um, The other thing is choose vanities that have storage. So there are a lot of, um, especially right now, there's so many fun ways to do vanities. A lot of people will choose really cool pieces of furniture and then stick a sink in them. Or you can get vanities that just have legs, you know, like they're just a, a pedestal type thing. So they might be really pretty or they might look cool in the room, but if they don't have storage, they're not very useful if you've got kids or, or trying to have multiple people using that bathroom. Another thing that goes along with bathrooms for kids is that little kids have a hard time when they're first starting to grasp stuff to be able to turn faucets on. So if you've got a faucet that's round, the handle is round, that's always hard. It's better if it's a lever or a cross or something that's easy for little people to grip so that you're not having to run in there and turn the faucet on all the time for them so that they can learn to do things for themselves. Yeah, I would say if if you're going to have a bathroom dedicated, basically it's going to be the kid's bathroom, um, keep the vanity simple. So avoid those fancy glass vessel sinks with the really high or wall-mounted faucets. You know, just keep it simple with a low, easy-to-reach sink and faucet. Uh, and then another thing that is really helpful when you're talking about whether or not your home is kid-ready is adjustable closet systems. So really adjustable anything is always helpful. So having a step stool in the bathroom, having adjustable closet rods. Both of my boys just recently discovered their closets. I mean, they had been basically just living out of drawers. I mean, that sounds weird, but they didn't really have a need for hanging things up. They're both sporty kids. So it's just t-shirts and shorts and sport pants you know, warm-up pants, that sort of thing. So we never really had a big need for hanging clothes. And they both just have realized, like, oh, what's this thing with a door in my room? (laughs) You mean I can put stuff in here? But half of the closet rods are not, you know, reachable to them. So because we don't have adjustable systems. Those can be very useful. And that way the closet can grow with the child and they can get more self-sufficient because they can put their yeah, stuff away. Yeah, and there are two away. real good systems out there. There is the Alpha system that's uh, you can get through the container store mm-hmm. if there's one near you, or there's Rubbermaid has one that's out that you can get at most uh, big box places like Lowe's and and uh, Home Depot. 
Those systems are very adjustable, so when the kid is really short, you can have their hang rod down even you know 18 inches from the floor so they can hang up whatever it is that they've got to hang up and they can have good habits early. Yes. Well, and Ikea has a simil- similar yeah, they do. system as the Alpha system, yes. and they've got tons of really good storage systems. And, yeah. Um, and I know Ikea is available all around the world, so that's yeah. very useful. And all of these you can get online. And then there's that mudroom that Laura mentioned a little while ago. And the mudroom is really just a place where the family can come in and it becomes the drop zone. You walk in the door and you can just sort of drop everything. But you have to make sure it's got some shelves or some place for hanging coats. Uh, so it's not really you know, the old-fashioned mudroom where you're getting mud off your feet. It's really a well, place. it to, could be. Well, it could be. <laughs> Depends upon that. where you live. <laughs> I don't have that much in Texas. But yeah. yeah. We had one client that really had a mudroom, and off of the mudroom was a bathroom for washing the feet of the great big dogs <laughs> because yes. the dogs always tracked stuff in. So it was, it was a mudroom. But a mudroom is really just the drop zone. Where, you know, instead of, I can remember when I was a kid and we would walk in the front door, go right into the living room, just drop everything on the sofa, and then, you know, where's our snack, our after school snack? <laughs> and my mother would walk in and her living room would just be covered with all this kid's stuff and put your stuff away. Well, if you've got a mud room, a drop zone, then all of that stuff just sort of stays there. And, you know, everything from soccer balls to baseball bats to school books and coats and take your shoes off. And so there's a place for all of that stuff, which really helps a lot. Yeah, my mother-in-law trained us, well, trained her boys. And then, you know, as a extension, it became our habit as well. But she will not let anybody walk in her house if they've got shoes on. You take one step inside that door and your shoes are off. And so because of that, there becomes a huge collection of shoes then right out the door because then, of course, as you leave, you put your shoes back on. And so that was something that we implemented pretty early on. And so we have to have a place for all those shoes. And you'd be surprised how many shoes little boys have. <laughs> it's quite, Well, they take quite those amazing. off, and then when they're leaving the next day, they get some more out of their closet and wear those, and then they come and take those off. So you get the shoe collection at yeah, the door. Yeah, so we actually just ended up doing one of those door hang pocket systems right there at our storage closet right by our back door. And so, you know, it, it works for us. You, you can't pretend that you have a perfect house if you have kids around because <laughs> it doesn't work. So we hope those are some helpful tips. Um, congratulations if you're if you're in the position to change from a bachelor pad to a family home, especially after Valentine's Day. <laughs> yes, exactly. We hope I, I hope some of our listeners got engaged. Wouldn't that be so exciting? That would be neat. That would be amazing. Oh, and I haven't even told you yet, but I just got a message from one of our listeners in Brisbane, Australia. And she is um, very, she was thanking me for one of our episodes. She said it was, it was useful information, not just to architects, but to business owners everywhere, which I had, hadn't really thought of that. But she was interested in uh, episode 65 was the one that she had listened to. And what episode was that? That was all about talking to clients about money. Ah. 
And so um, thank you, Sam, who uh, reached out to us. I'm excited. She and I were chatting a little bit, and she actually is a frustrated designer. She's in IT, um, you know, as her career, but she would love to be a designer outside of that. And so she actually has designed and built her own home, which she's, she sent me a link in there. It's a gorgeous house. Cool. I'm going to show you the pictures later. But anyway, so we were chatting and, and I just thought, I mean, how cool is this? I'm talking over Facebook with a listener in Australia and we're in Texas. So anyway, thank you, Sam. I'm really excited to get to know you better and we will continue our conversation for sure. But that leads me to tell you all, if, um, if you have an idea or some feedback or something about one of our shows, we would love to hear from you. We get so excited when we hear from our listeners. We've talked to listeners from South Africa to Ireland to Greece to all over Europe and, and then, of course, here in the States. So please feel free to reach out. And if you are inspired to give us a review, we would love that, too. Because that just helps other folks who might be interested in the show. It helps us reach them and share our message. So, Holly, do you have anything else to add? Not today. I just can't wait for that grandkid to show up. That's right. (laughs) We'll keep you all posted. Fingers crossed that the baby arrives safe and healthy and happy. Well, thank you all for listening. Until next time, we will talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye.